You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. My name is Scott Nerney. I grew up in Warwick and have been a homeowner for over 30 years in our lovely city. My goal with this podcast is to highlight what is special about Warwick and how you can get the most from our seaside community. This podcast is being presented by the Warwick Center for the Arts, located next to Warwick City Hall, where amazing artists showcase their artwork year-round in their beautiful gallery, in addition to many exciting classes for children and adults. Before I introduce our guest, I wanted to mention, if you have an idea for a guest, subject matter, comment or question on Warwick Life, drop us a line at warwicklife at gmail.com. Our guest today is Mayor Frank Picosi, owner of the Picosi Family Christmas Display. I thought it'd be beneficial for our audience to learn about how he enlights Warwick and everything that we're expecting to see from his display this year. I know it was a little different last year, and I'm really looking forward to asking some of those driving questions that people want to know. Welcome to the show, Mayor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for supporting our podcast. For those who don't know, the Pocosi Family Christmas Show is on Facebook and on the Warwick page, but Mayor, if you could give the address to folks out there jotting this down. It's 75 Grist Mill Road. It's in the Hoxie, Connecticut area. Great. And... What is the actual show? Could you kind of go a little more in depth as to what it actually represents? Um, it's hard to describe. It's a computerized light show, actually, um, more than a Christmas display. It's all lights. Um, they simulate motion, and they're synchronized to music. So it looks like the, the lights are dancing to the music. Wow. And when did this all start? Uh, this is going to be our 14th year. It started in 2007. Wow. And it started uh, a lot differently than it is now. Um, the technology's <laughs> really increased. And why did you start this? Well, I used to have a traditional Christmas display. I always decorated big. And then one year we had a very warm um, November, and I used big inflatables I used to have, and they killed my lawn. And I love my lawn, so I wanted to look for something different. So I was online looking for the uh, more plastic figures, and I came across a website called Planet Christmas. And on the front, on the page of the website was a computerized Christmas display, which it was in its infancy then. I'll never forget the man's name was Marty Slack. He came from Utah. And I saw that. I fell in love with it. And I said, I'm going to do that. Wow. So have you contacted other people around the country to get feedback on theirs and, and information from yours to them? Uh, we have a huge um, international community, actually, of um, extreme decorators. Um, I have friends in uh, other countries all over this country, uh, very close with some. We get together at conventions every year. Um, you know, we throw ideas off of each other. I have a group text going with six fellow decorators. That, that, that text is probably four years old now. We talk every day, multiple times every day. Wow, fantastic. We've become very close friends. That's great because there's a lot of different information out there and and ideas that you know really make a difference. Do some of the other decorators do other scenes throughout the year? Um, some do for Halloween. Um, a couple do Valentine's, small displays. I just stick to Christmas myself. I can imagine. It, it's, it takes you enough to put it up and take it down. What's that like? Um, I start October 1st, that weekend. Uh, I work on it nights and weekends. And it takes me about six weeks, you know, hopefully six weeks. It's a little high, a little uh, longer this year. Does being mayor take a little bit of that time away, I imagine? Well, it does. And it, being mayor-elect last year um, took a lot of time away. I, I didn't have a lot of time. I was doing a transition um, business at night. 
And I, I squeezed in this way where I could, but I took some shortcuts, which I'm paying for this year. I took a lot of shortcuts tearing it down. So I jury-rigged a lot of things, and it's kind of come back to bite me this year. <laughs> so it's been a little bit of a challenge, but I'll be up and ready by Black Friday. Good. And you have FM broadcasting for the songs now, which is fantastic on those really cold nights when you try to stay bundled up in the car. When was that added? The second year. Uh, the first year, I just had speakers out there. I mean, I, I live on a very quiet little road. I never thought anyone was going to see this other than my family and neighbors. And somehow the journal bulletin got a hold of a video of it. I put it online to share with my, my friends from across the country. That's what we did. And they came over and did a front-page story, and we had gotten discovered. And every year, more and more people started coming and more and more press. So the second year, I decided to put the FM transmitter in so people could stay in their cars. And I know there's a sign at the uh, display. What's the transmitter frequency? 97.1 FM. Okay. And you also do a lot for charities um, for collecting. And I know a lot of that uh, does benefit other uh, years. In the past, you've changed charities a couple of times. What's some of the feedback you've received? Uh, it's all positive feedback. First of all, the people, you know, I don't donate the money. The people that come do. The community donates. Um, they love having a place to do that. Uh, we collected one uh, for a few years for Neighbors Helping Neighbors, which was done through Warwick, and that provided a lot of holiday meals for um, you know people in need. And then we did um, Make-A-Wish, and Make-A-Wish is a great organization. Um, they don't have any trouble raising money. It's a, it's, you know, it's a very well-known organization. They used to send me letters of you know, different children that got their dream um, and how that, our money helped. And then last three, four years, actually, we switched to the Tomorrow Fund from Hasman Children's Hospital. Uh, it's kind of a unique charity. They started this charity because families, when children with cancer, um, you know, had to have treatment, sometimes up to a year, uh, became a huge financial burden on the family. They'd lose their homes, their cars, the, you know, the power was turned off, they didn't have anything to eat. So um, the guy that was the head of oncology started this charity, and they help people. They help them in a lot of ways, uh, and they help them even after the treatment starts. So this one really touched my heart. So this is the one we're going to stick with. And this kind of goes in with another charity that you do is the Goodnight Lights at Hasbro? Yeah, but two separate things, but, you know, it's, it's, Hasbro, it's sick kids. I, I mean, I have a soft spot for children, especially sick ones. And how much was raised last year? Tw right around $25,000, a little more than that. That's incredible. It was a record. Thanks for the Warwick citizens and people come from outside the city for donating for that. That's, yes. that's really outstanding. And in addition to financial donations, I know occasionally people also try to help out Santa Claus with the letters that he writes. Yes. Um, a few years ago, I put out Santa's mailbox and uh, the kids can drop off their letters to Santa there and Santa returns every letter. Um, he answers every letter. And, you know, we always pay for the stamps, the envelopes, and all that for ourselves. I budget for this kind of thing all year. But a lot of people, even though I say not to, um, they come and they drop stamps and envelopes off. You know, people are just, especially in Warwick, I mean, all over it, especially in Warwick, you know, it's just a great community. People are very charitable. And what was the COVID impact for you last year? Uh, it, it, changed, it changed the entire display the way it's been done. Um, I have 22 songs. They play on a loop all night long. Uh, we have people that some sit in the car and listen to it on the radio. Other people find a place to park somewhere else, and they walk down. It's always like a big Christmas festival. Uh, there's always Santa Claus on Saturday night. You know, I'm always out there interacting with people. Last year, none of that happened. It was just an orderly line, a very, very, very long line. 
down to Kanemika some nights. Uh, people just sat in the cars. No one wanted to get out because of COVID. So instead of having 22 songs, I just play three at a time to keep the traffic moving so it would be less of a wait. So um, I'm glad people enjoyed it. I got feedback from them, but I really didn't have fun at all last year because I'd go out, I'd, I'd set the donation box up, I'd move our cars out of the driveway and go back in the house until it was over. Mm. Well, this year, big difference. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we just had a big uh, tornadoes and windstorms. been a couple since you started putting this up. Uh, have you ever really had major impact from snow or bad weather? Um, wind has never bothered my display. It was up during Tropical Storm Sandy. We've had 80-mile-an-hour gusts in Connecticut. I engineer it, especially the stuff on the roof, and it's never been touched. I have been impacted by snow before. Um, the display still runs. I've canceled a few times because I didn't think the roads were safe. I didn't want people out there. Um, but one year, we had an incredible amount of snow in the month of January, and I was unable to take the display down. The display was up. So probably near the end of April till the snow finally melted. And that kind of ripped a lot of the display apart. I had to rebuild a bunch of it. And as you talk about the actual display, I know you transitioned a few years ago to LED lights, but kind of give us an idea. A normal person probably has 50 feet of lights on their Christmas tree. What's <laughs> running in your place? Well, I used to have incandescent lights. Um, I had over 100,000 of them. Now I have, uh, the LEDs technically, but they're called pixels. They're smart bulbs. Each one I can control. Each one has a computer chip, for lack of a better phrase. And I can turn any color I want. I can turn each individual light on and off. So it simulates motion a lot better than it um, used to. And I'd say, if I had to guess, I'd say I probably have about 14,000 of them, which doesn't come close to comparing with the incandescent lights, but uh, they're 100 times brighter and, and uh they're more, um, they, they simulate motion a lot better. I have a lot more control. 14,000 individual light bulbs to be checking and programming at the same time. It scares me. Yeah, well, and also when you have to change one, there um, you have to cut the wires and you have six soldering points. It's not unscrewing the bulb. So when one goes out, it's uh, quite a repair. It's worse than Clark Griswold. <laughs> uh, Clark Griswold was an amateur. <laughs> and what's the uh, electricity roughly? Um, I'd say now it's probably approaches $200 a month extra in the month of December. Uh, when I had incandescent, it was probably five or 600 So when you get the thing from National Grid, it says you are one of the worst offenders of electricity usage. I always get that, yes. However, when I had incandescent lights, um, when my certain songs, you could stand out in the road and see my neighbor's porch lights used to flicker on and off. Oh, it had a big effect there. <laughs> That'll definitely put you on the naughty list. Yeah, my, my fuse box, my fuse panel used to hum. I could tell what song was playing outside by, you know, the hum. <laughs> and you have two characters that also grace the front yard. Yes, Jingles and Bell. Fantastic. And, and where, where did they come from? Um, I don't know, just from my crazy mind. I made Jingles one year. I wanted a dancing figure. And then the next year, I, you know, I wanted to make another one, Bell. Um, they narrate songs. They dance in part of them. And I went on in a Facebook group, The Positive Work, and I, I had a picture of it, and I asked what they thought she should be named, and Belle was the overwhelming favorite. And speaking of favorites, what's one of your favorite songs, or could you pick a couple of them? Uh, well, all Christmas songs are my favorites. I just like some better than all this. I have a lot from Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They're big songs. They're, uh, the lights move very well to them, and I love all of those. But I like uh, Dominic, the, Dominic the Donkey's probably my childhood favorite. And I like um, Jingle Bell Rock, things like that. It's, you know, traditional songs, fun songs. 
Nice. And has Santa accepted your request to come again? Yes, he did. He'll be there every Saturday night, weather permitting and, wow. co and COVID permitting. That, that is true. And what days and hours is the display running? Uh, we run um, Sunday through Thursday, school nights. We run from 5.30 to 9. And then on Friday and Saturday nights, we run till 10. And where can, find, where can people find updates on the display and what's happening in case there's inclement weather or different pictures or video? On Facebook, um, Cozy Family Christmas Display. I put it there and I put it on my mayor's page. Um, we cover it that way. I used to have a website, but to tell you the truth, there was very little traffic as um, social media got more popular. And so we get the word out that way. And I think it's nice as, as people that can't travel or people that may travel and always see two or three songs and keep in mind out there, folks, it's not just a one-time trip to the to the Christmas display, if you'd like. I mean, it operates for the whole holiday season, and I often find myself over there two or three times to, to watch all the different songs. I don't want to hog all the time in front of the house, so we'll make a few trips. A good suggestion is to come during the week because the weekends are always out of hand. And most people want to come on the weekends, but it's, it's fine. I mean, however they want to come, as long as they're patient. Hopefully we're back to normal this year where people will park and get out. So, you know, it kind of increases the capacity, how many people can watch it at once. Very nice. And it does seem to be a kind of a camaraderie enjoying the holidays with, with Coco and people out there with the kids. And I, I really like when I see just see the kids pointing and looking at different things that are happening on the house because they can hear it and see it at the same time. Yeah, I've, I've watched kids grow up here now. I mean, they, they were little kids, and now they're coming back as college students. And um, a lot of families tell me how it's their family tradition. They come a certain night every year. Some families go out and get their Christmas tree, and then can, they come to the display and watch. Uh, I've, I've met people from all over the state. Uh, it's just a great experience. Right. Anything we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about the display? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think you covered it all. It's uh, been around okay. for a long time. People know the drill. Um, we'll, I'll have it. It's going to start up, uh, the night, the day after Thanksgiving as normal. I was a little late last year cause I had shingles and I, I don't believe we started till Sunday, but this year I'm going to make it. Okay. And while you're here, if we could just plug for a moment, I know you've been working diligently on New Year's. Yes. Um, our hope is to have it at Rocky Point. We need DEM approval for that cause it is a state park. Uh, we haven't got, gotten an answer from that yet. If uh, they say no, um, we'll probably consider an alternative location, probably Oakland Beach. But uh, we really have to wait for that to happen for us. But so far, you know, the plans still have them very early. We're going to have an event, and we want the fireworks to go off at 5.30 or 6 or something because uh, it's a family event, and then people will be able to go home and go to their parties or whatever they're going to do after that. And in fairness to those listening, we did pre-tape this interview before Thanksgiving. So if there are changes that happen to the New Year's plans, uh, please feel free to take a look at the walk page and the press releases that the city mentions. Thank you to Mayor Frank Bacosi for spending some time with our audience today and sharing insights on Warwick life. It's a great time to be in Warwick and for those not living the Warwick life, come pay us a visit, see the Bacosi family Christmas and see all that Warwick has to offer. That wraps up another edition of Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. If you have any comments, content suggestions, or questions, drop us a line at warwicklife at gmail.com. Thank you to Tester Manuelian for our lead-in in closing music. She's a music major with an incredible career ahead of her. Lastly, don't forget to check out Warwick Center for the Arts at warwickcfa.org. See you next time.
You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.